question that we ask in our children, for those of you who are new to our uh, service, we ask a question every week for children 17 years old and under based on the sermon of last week. And, um, and then if you hit the email below the screen, uh, whoever answers the question correctly, uh, I'm not sure how many people, whether it's the first one or the first two, but there is a Dunkin' Donuts gift card awaiting you. And so the question of the week is last week, I, I gave you an answer, and this is the question. How was the church born? In other words, the church was born through what? And so if you answer that question, 17-year-olds and under, and uh, no cheating parents, no cheating parents, you can't help your child. I see the Holy Ghost right now just proctoring the van. Don't, okay, you can't help your children. You know, be getting... I remember sometimes you get some answers that says, wait a minute, common, isn't that child one month old? How are they answering the question? Only kid, only kid, only kid. But uh, anyways, make sure that your children answer the question. Also, I want to uh, thank you so much for what you gave uh, for the Christmas offering. Uh, we hit our goal, praise the Lord. Thank you so much for all that you've given. God is good. And, and we're still putting the numbers together, but you all... Uh, ridiculous. I I am a blessed pastor. Let me put it this way, just so you get an idea, because some of you all, well, how much was it? Okay, we're, we're putting the numbers together, but let me just simply say this. The offering for December 2020 was larger than the offering in 2019. In other words, we received more from you during a pandemic than when there wasn't a pandemic. That uh, Let's give God praise, because... That's not every church's story. And so we thank God for his goodness and thank you because we've been able to be a blessing to other ministries. As you know, um, we have an Ethiopian congregation that worships, uh, they use our other facility. And you say, why do you say that, Bishop? Because uh, Cambridge, you may not realize it, but Cambridge has the largest Ethiopian population in the state of Massachusetts. And so we wanted to make sure that we're sowing seeds and blessing the nations. And so we were able to bless that congregation. And Pastor Wokner, he is working hard, and we just want to encourage him and his wife. So God bless you for all that you do. Uh, now let's get into the word of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, 18, 19, and 20, New King James Version. Isaiah, the name Isaiah means the Lord is salvation. Uh, and so... In the New King James Version, he says, learn to do good, seek justice. Now, as a matter of fact, in this first chapter alone, Isaiah opens up with this first chapter mentioning the word justice five times. He says, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead for the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason that word reason in the Hebrew means let us judge, let us decide, let us correct together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall become like wool. Verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you 
refuse and rebel. That is, if you fight with God, that word rebel actually comes from a Latin word, re and bello, meaning to fight back, to war back against the Lord. You shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I want to speak to you on the subject, uh, Ship Movers Part 3, and want to really uh, nail in on focusing on the place of agreement. The place of agreement. The place of agreement. I want to remind you, here's the answer to the question that I asked the um, children a few moments ago, that the church was birthed out of corporate prayer. The church was birthed out of corporate prayer in Acts chapter 2. And, and so you need to understand that prayer is important to God, as I've said earlier in Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7, in the Old Testament, Matthew chapter 21, verse 13, uh, God says, or God describes his house as a house of prayer. And that's why uh, you should know that our prayer is very important in our church. We have 6 a.m. prayer. We have midnight prayer. We have social justice prayer. And so we want to encourage you to, to check out our prayer times. As you know that if you've been following our church, we have a theme every year. Last year was the year Believe, that, that was the theme Believe in. Lord knows, little did we know that there was going to be a pandemic where we really had to trust and believe God. This year, our theme is biblical justice. That is the theme for our year, biblical justice. And as a definition of biblical justice, we said biblical justice is removing every obstacle and providing every opportunity for people to flourish and accomplish what? Their God-given purpose, their God-given purpose. So we're, we're reading the book of Isaiah. Uh, some of you would know that theologically, uh, Isaiah is looked at as the whole Bible comprised into one book. The Bible has, uh, the Bible has 66 books. Isaiah has 66, chap 66 chapters. The Bible is divided up into uh, two sections. The Old Testament is the first 39 uh, books of the Bible, and the New Testament is the last 27. It's the same thing with Isaiah, that there is a break between Isaiah 39 and Isaiah 40. The whole tone of Isaiah's prophecy changes. And so we're looking at it, we're looking at, uh, at the book of Isaiah through the lens of, of justice. And so we want to encourage you to track with us the 6 o'clock a.m. prayer uh, Time And I, I want to tell you, uh, as I shared with you that encourage you to join those morning prayer times, you, you are, you, you, as a congregation, you're ridiculous. I, I just want to say that. And when I say ridiculous, that I'm just so proud of you. When we used to have, before we went virtual, when we used to have morning prayer, because as a church we uh, have prayer every day uh, from the year 2000, up to now, and uh, I really, real, re, I, I believe that everything that we have, everything that we received, the growth of the church is a result of prayer, so that only God can get the glory. Well, on a Monday, on a good, like a crazy, can't believe we have this many people, Monday, uh, when we used to pray at church, eight people would be like incredible. It was usually about three or four on a Monday morning. This past Monday, there were over 80 people at morning prayer. 
I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, Tuesday was our day of prayer and fast. We were, we were, over, we were about 120 people uh, during the day. It's just amazing that people are feeling and sensing the call to prayer. So, as we, so what we're doing at 6 a.m. prayer, we are reading one chapter of the book of Isaiah every day except for Sunday so that that way by the time we get to the end of March, which is going to be Holy Week, we will have finished the book of Isaiah. And God has really been ministering tomorrow. If you want to catch up, tomorrow will be chapter 7, and we encourage you to join us in morning prayer. Now, someone had asked me, Bishop, about two weeks ago, they said, Bishop, we're going into this consecration. For those of you who may not be aware, our church is starting a prayer and fasting consecration today. You can go to our website for the information. We're starting today and we're ending on uh, the 31st with a 21-day season of prayer and fasting, whatever. Uh, some people are uh, fasting with just uh, water. Some people doing a Daniel fast. Some people just doing one meal a day, so whatever or just eat one meal a day. Whatever the Lord is showing you to do, we're in a season of prayer and fasting and consecration. The word consecrate means, simply means to set yourself apart for God to use. And so we're using, uh, so someone asked me, okay, Bishop, why, you know, do, we, do we have any objectives? Do we have any goals? Uh, what, what is the focus of our, pa- our fasting? And so I want to tell you what our focus of our fasting is going to be over these next few weeks. And, and, and I want to zero in on three qualities of a ship mover, three qualities of a ship mover. I'm not going to cover them all today because the Lord said the goal is not for you to get out your three points today. The goal is for me to speak. And so I, I ask that Hebrews... I pray Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4. I pray, God, that you will bear witness to what I'm speaking and sharing, both with signs and wonders. And divers, King James Version, divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to your own will. Speak in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk about three qualities of a ship movement, meaning that if we're going to move this ministry into uh, to the place where God has us to be. And if we follow as that beautiful prayer by Elder Albert, that we fulfill our role as a congregation in the work of justice, we have to walk in, number one, agreement with God. Number two, we have to walk in agreement with ourselves as individuals. And number two, three, we have to walk in agreement with each other. Agreement with God, agreement within ourselves, and agreement with each other. I want to talk to you, and so when I talk about agreement with God, we're talking about biblical justice. And you can't have biblical justice if you don't know the Bible. And so I want to encourage you. On Tuesday, we start up our Bible study again, 7 o'clock Tuesday, I want to encourage you to be there so that we can really dig into uh, the scriptures so that we can understand what biblical justice is. Because without this book, that's why I brought it up here, without this book, we won't have biblical justice, we'll just have social justice. 
And there's, a, there's enough people doing that. We need to apply biblical justice, which includes social justice. But it's justice the way the judge of the universe wants us to do justice. If you understand what I'm saying, just put an amen on the chat. Now, agreement with God. Agreement with God is, is, is us allowing the Holy Spirit to be the preeminent voice in our lives. Matthew 6, says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of the other things will be added to your life. I love the way the New Testament church operated when they were trying to make a decision that was a very critical decision in, in Acts chapter 15 when they finally came to the decision, Bishop James, who was Jesus' half-brother, same mother, different fathers, James said, we came to a decision, and I love what he says, he says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. In other words, the Holy Spirit made a decision, and we came into agreement with what God wants to do. If you want your life to be blessed, Find out where God is moving and join him. Many times we say in our minds, we're going to do what we're going to do, and then we, we, we say a prayer as a lucky charm, a rabbit foot, like God bless this because I'm going to do this anyways. We need to get the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So if, you, if we're going to be good ship movers, if we're going to move the things of God, move the, move, oh, sorry, advance the kingdom, we must come in agreement with God. And I want to focus in on 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, where Paul says, we walk by faith and not by sight. But let me read for you 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, all the way to verse 20. This is the New Living Translation. And let the Lord speak to you through the word of God, through the word of God. He says, Christ's love controls us. My goodness, stop right there. That'll preach on its own. Is the love of Christ controlling us? He says, since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old way of living, our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Are you living for yourself? Instead, they will live for Christ. Are you truly, am I truly living for Christ? If you're sitting here right now and say, well, I don't have to fast, obviously you're living for yourself. Verse 16, so, my good, so we have stopped evaluating others. Already, some of us need to repent. Because we keep evaluating other people from our own human point of view. And I love what Paul says. He says, I don't know a person after the flesh, meaning after my own opinions. I see them in the eyes of God. Mm. I, I, I need to keep going here. Because the Lord, let me say, the Lord's really been dealing with me. He said to me, and this is going to mess you up already. That's why, you, that's why you need to be in this fast so that God can mess you up and, and you don't get up on your feelings. But the Lord told me, he said, I don't care how you feel, Brian. Your feelings 
do not usurp the scriptures. What do you mean? The Lord told me, uh, me, so that way you don't have to get up on your feelings. The Lord said to me, why isn't Donald Trump on your prayer list as president of the United States? This was two years ago. He said, what's that in the word? I think it's 1 Timothy chapter 4. He says, first of all, pray for leaders, kings, presidents. He says what? That we might live peaceably. Could it be, I'm going to preach to my wife because some of y'all are mad already. Could it be the reason why Donald Trump has been acting like a crazy man is because you haven't been praying for him? Ooh, it's quiet in here. That's all right. You already gave me the, my birthday present. <laughs> so the Lord told me two years ago, maybe three years ago, put his name on your prayer list. So I pray for Donald Trump as often as I pray for my wife, Carmen. That's why I know his middle name, John. I pray for the mayor. I pray for Governor Baker. I pray for my leaders. Why? Because I want to have a peaceful life. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Stop evaluating others from a human point of view. There are some Christians, let me preach this. I don't know why I'm stopping here. There are some Christians who say, I hope Donald Trump burns in hell. Hmm. Hmm. My daughter and I, Jessica, we've been studying the book of Acts. And what amazes me is we, I was reading and listening to Acts chapter 7 where Stephen is being stoned. And because of the version I'm reading, uh, I think it was the, the New Living Translation or the Passion Translation, you, it really gives you the image. And I'm seeing them throwing stones at him. They took off their coats so that, so that they could wind up. And they left them at the foot of a man named Saul who became Paul. And they're throwing stones at, I mean, rocks. And Stephen is looking up to heaven and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Have you forgiven Donald Trump? It's quiet in here. Folks, you can get up all up in your feelings, but the Bible says, if I hide iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Donald Trump is not worth me not having my prayers answered. Turn your name and say, I'm trying to help. he's trying to help you out. He really is. He really is. The truth, the Bible says the truth will make you free. And so I'm, 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 I want to make sure that we, we, we get this stuff off of us. I'm not saying that we shouldn't speak truth to power. I'm saying that, look, I'm saying that within our hearts, we, we must make sure that it is well with our souls. Are you evaluating other people in the church? We had a powerful prayer. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to get through this. We had a powerful prayer time at the midnight prayer. 
And what was powerful was that people started weeping. You remember this, Emmy? People started weeping because the Lord was dealing with them about calling relatives and siblings who did them wrong. I mean, stole money from them. I mean, I mean, they had every right to feel the way they felt. And the Holy Spirit started speaking to people, said, I got to make a call to this person. I got to make a call to this person. I was so angry at them. They, they caused our family shame. They caused us to lose money. But the Lord said to me, I have to get it right. Folks, let's not waste these 21 days carrying stuff. This man, Paul goes on to say in verse 17, this means that if anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, the old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself, who brought to himself, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. No longer counting people's sins against them. Husbands, no longer counting your wife's, your children's sins against them. Wives, no longer counting your husband's or your children's wives against them. No longer counting your, your, your employers or your employees or your co-workers' sins against them. No longer counting, no longer counting. Paul goes on a little early in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, love does not keep count of when it was wrong. It is obvious I'm not going to finish my message because the Holy Spirit is just parking here. And he gave us this wonderful message, this wonderful ministry of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead to people. Come back to God. Come back to God. Come back to God. Let me do this quickly. This word reconcile, it means, in our English word of reconcile, it means to bring into harmony or to bring into agreement. To bring into agreement. So when you reconcile, you know, you do a bank reconciliation, your checkbook, or you know, if you still have one, says you have this amount, but the bank says, you have that amount, and what you want to do is reconcile. You want to bring these amounts into agreement, but the bank is not reconciling to you. You're probably usually reconciling to the bank. Are you following so far? This word reconcile, the etymology of the word reconcile, it means to restore 
to friendship after there has been a variance or after there has been an, a disagreement. And so the Bible says that we were enemies of God, but God through Christ brought us back into agreement with him. Are you following me so far? But the, this word reconcile that Paul uses is a Greek word because the New Testament was written in Greek, and this is my last point, and then we'll pray. And this word, uh, it's a Greek word, karalaso, uh, karalaso, and it means to change or exchange as coins for others of equivalent value. Okay, don't worry, I'm going to break this down if the Lord helped me. To change or exchange for, as coins for others of equivalent value. So, think of this reconciliation. Again, we're trying to bring into agreement. We're trying to bring something into agreement, and Christ is through us reconciling man to God. So what does this mean? Here's the picture of the coin. Um, we'll have some fun here. Uh, how many of you have ever, there's a few people here, you've ever parked at a parking meter? Parking meter, okay, so here's a picture of a parking meter. Just, just leave that right there. Leave that image up there so that way people can follow me. Uh, now, you young people, get out of your mind, get out of your mind the parking meter apps, okay? Back in the day, there were no apps, okay? Okay, there was just that slot. Are you following me so far? And, and so I want, I, wanna, I wanna give you a picture of reconciliation, what, what, what Paul is explaining so that you can understand. So as you can see, these meters, whether it be in Central Square or Harvard Square, whatever, these meters only take one kind of coin. What is that? A quarter, very good, you all smile. So it takes a quarter. It takes a quarter. So what we're gonna do is, let's picture in our mind that the parking meter is God. Are you with me? The parking meter is God. The meter person who's going to give penalties and tickets is the devil or sin. Okay, now if your profession is a meter person, please, this is just an illustration, okay? This is just an illustration. So, so, so we know that if the meter is not properly paid, the meter person will give you a ticket for parking in a space that was not paid for. So the goal is I need to recognize, I need to reconcile the space with the meter. Are you with me so far? Now, how many of you have ever put, you thought you put a quarter in the meter, but you actually put a nickel? And, and that's happened to me, and, and the meter said, I'm not accepting it, and I'm not giving you your nickel back. <laughs> Are you following me so far? Now, there's been times when 
I, watch this, this is what I'm talking about, the equivalent. I had three nickels and a dime, so I had 25 cents. But the meter said, you may have 25 cents, but it's not a quarter. Oh my. I have 25 pennies. And you would think that the meter would be willing to accept my 25 pennies, but the meter will not. And you may say, well, Bishop, what, does it, what are you trying to, I'm saying that. The book of Isaiah chapter 64, verse six says, all of our good deeds are like filthy rags before the Lord. And so often we think, well, God, I give money to the church. God, I get good grades. God, I treat people right. God, I, I went on a mission trip. God, and we, we, we throw all these deeds before the Lord, and, and, the, and the meter is not moving. The meter is not saying green. The meter, you're, you're doing all of these acts, and you're mad at God because you think you've given 25 cents worth and God is saying, you know what? None of that works. The only thing I want is the quarter, which is Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father by me. So if you want to be reconciled with me, you got to give me what I want. Not what you think is the equivalent, Give me what I want. And somehow, when you put the quarter in, all of a sudden, the light turns green on the, on the meter, and when the meter maid or the meter person comes to give a ticket, when they see the blood, they will pass over you. That's the power of reconciliation. Give God what he wants. Be reconciled to God. And there's been time, if you're like me, there's been times when you say to yourself, well, I'm only going into the store for a minute, so let me not, why, why waste a quarter? Let me, just, let me just slip in and slip out. And I remember I parked right in front of the cleaners, and I said, ah, I'll just go in, get my clothes. And when, when I came back out, I had a $25 ticket because I refuse to just pay the quad. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying stop fighting to have your own way and just yield to Jesus and do things Jesus' way. Many of you are mad at God because you've done all this stuff for the church and God said, why don't you do what Jesus asked you to do? Be reconciled. Bring your life into agreement with God, agree with his word. And I believe the Holy Spirit is, is reaching out to people and saying, stop doing things your way. Stop fighting me. Be obedient so that we can move on. Be reconciled. Even right now, as Paul said, God is, God is pleading with you through me. 
to be reconciled with your attitude and your heart. And you may be saying, but Bishop, you don't understand. No, I don't understand. But Jesus understands. Because even while he, we, the Bible, look, either we believe this word or we don't. The Bible says in, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, he says, we have a high priest who is able to be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. He knows what it feels like to be hurt, to be, to be abandoned, to be abused. He, in fact, while he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. I think this is the, this is the this is the month that we're going to go through our closets, the closets of our heart, and and the junk, the envy, the hatred, the anger, the attitude, whatever you want to, the old grudges, the Holy Spirit is going through those things right now. And he's saying, is, is it really worth your losing all that I have in store for you? Watch this. I can't put new things in your closet until you get rid of the old. So let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, the reason why I believe this word was so powerful is because you've been speaking to me about some old things. There's some old relationships that I, that I have to mend. And I've used the I've used the, the argument. I'm not even going to call it an excuse or just an argument that, well, I didn't do anything. Or, well, it's not really my fault. Or, but you're saying, Brian, I know you, you know something's there and the other person knows something there. And so, Somebody's going to have to make a move. And I'm, I'm speaking to you to get it right. I'm speaking to you to be reconciled. First of all, not, not, not to that person. That, that, that will be for another time. Be reconciled with me in your heart. You know what's in your heart. You know that that thing has a grip on your heart. You, mm, ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. You know that every time that person's name is mentioned, something turns in your heart. And you've yelled it out. You've shouted it out. You laughed it out. But in the final analysis, you're coming. The Holy Spirit is coming after us to be reconciled, to be reconciled. 
God is not accepting all of our acts of righteousness. He, he wants, there's only one way. It's the Jesus way. And God is so, God is so bent on making sure that we understand how Jesus lived his life, that there are four books in the Bible dedicated to how Jesus lived his life from various points of view so that we would understand that Christ is to be our example. And so, Father, I pray in your name, because I know this was a hard word, and I know that in some ways this word has made some people angry. But Lord, I know when my mom had breast cancer and the doctor had to cut that cancer out, was I hurt that my mom had to go through that operation? Yes but I'm grateful that my mom's alive. And last month, it will be 38 years that she's a cancer, breast cancer survivor. But, but what if I got angry and say, doctor, don't do that. Doctor, don't cut there. And, and so Lord, I, I'm willing to bear the anger and the frustration and the disappointment of people who say, how can, no, I'm, I'm through with this church. I can't do it, but, but Lord, I, I'm praying that during this season of consecration that the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to people and say, look, this, this is the one thing that is holding you up, is that there, there, are, there are things, it may not even be people, there are, there are things in your life that I told you to stop doing. There are things in your life that I told you to stop doing. And how often do we have to keep talking about this? Some of it is not even sin. Some of it is God simply saying, I told you to do this, or I told you not to do this, and I've been talking to you for months and years, and you, you, you're pleading with me for breakthrough. And like, like, like Cain, the Bible says, Cain, in, in, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, Cain, why are you upset with me? Why, why, why is your face looking that, like, like that? Just do what I ask you to do because if you don't, sin desires to have you. Sin is at the door waiting to mess your life up. So, Lord, I pray that every individual under the sound of my voice, as Emmy said, whether it is seven months or 70 years, We know what you're talking to us about, Lord. You know what, what, we've been, what you've been talking to us. Some of us are in, in relationships that you don't want us to be in, having boyfriends that you don't want us to be with, having girlfriends that you don't want us to be hanging out with people that you're saying, I told you, stop hanging out with that person because they're drawing you away from being reconciled with me. Every time you're hanging out with that person, they bring you into disagreement with the things of God. You're not pulling them up, they're pulling you down. Oh, I know the Holy Spirit is speaking. I don't know any of your business, but I know the Holy Spirit is speaking. If you want 
the glorious benefits that are going to come out of this consecration. If you want to see your life is going to be changed by February 1st, because I know I do. Let's be reconciled to Christ and what the Lord wants us to do in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's bow our heads. I want to give you a closing blessing. And yes, I know this was a tough word. I know this was a tough word. Because it was a hard word to give. But I just believe that the Lord has great things in store for us. And I want to make sure that you get all that God has for you. Put out your hands for a moment. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, and beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you, to side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, which is his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, his success, and may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. Next week, we're going to talk about coming in agreement with yourself. This is going to really bless you, so track with us. And see you tomorrow at morning prayer. God bless you.